The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. In the next hour, you'll hear from some phenomenal people and healthcare leaders and learn how their challenges became opportunities. Our goal is to show you how you can positively influence your own life experience and purpose and achieve success. And now, here is your host, Danielle Delaney. Hi, welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. This is your host, Danielle Delaney. And today, I'm so excited to have my guest, who is Todd Bridges. Todd is an actor for over 46 years. He's also best known for his starring role as Willis Jackson on the sitcom Different Strokes. He had a recurring role as well as Monk, as Monk on Everybody Hates Chris. He was a comedic commentator from 2008 to 2013 and is a comedian as well. Um, Todd has been in so many prolific series over the course of his continuing career, including Little House on the Prairie, The Love Boat, Chips, The Waltons, and the iconic series Roots, as well as being a regular on the Barney Miller spinoff, Fish with Abe Vigoda. In, two, in 2015, Todd was the host of a live game show, Lovers and Losers, the game show, at the Plaza Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. And I believe that's ongoing, so we'll ask you about that in a minute. Uh, he's also been in a Moby video, a Black Keys video. Todd has pretty much seen and done it all, or more than all, in the entertainment industry. And he is also the author of an amazing memoir called Killing Willis, From Different Strokes to the Mean Streets to the Life I've Always Wanted, which is riveting and very frank and is a complete account of his life until now. <laughs> Above all else, Todd is a survivor having to deal with racism, basically terrorism from white supremacists, tragic sexual abuse, physical abuse, drug addiction, arrests for drugs and firearms, and being on trial. And you've been defended by the late, great Johnny Cochran. Um, Todd also saved the life of a woman in a wheelchair who nearly drowned. And you're just an example, a shining example, an empowering example of resilience and of faith and of the strength of the human spirit. So, Todd, welcome to my show. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> nice, nice intro. Very nice intro. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I was really, I'm just so touched by so much that you've been through. It's not hard to write an introduction for you. It's just, I, I've been unable to put your book down. I don't think I've had a guest that I've been this moved by other than um, the president of the National Medical Association or a couple of guests that I had that were actors dealing with um, talking to me about body image and eating disorders and all the things yeah. we deal with being in entertainment. But you, you grew up in an entire entertainment family, correct? Like a Hollywood family of actors and yeah. managers? Yeah. Yep. All our, all, we all were actors. We actually, my mom started off in San Francisco. She was, uh, she went to ACT. She went to school with um, Cleveland Little and um, I believe Carl, Carl, um, Carl Weathers. Wow. And um, so from the beginning when I, I used to watch uh, San Francisco, 
I said, that's what I want to do for a living. She goes, what, I won't be that? <laughs> Red Fox, sure? right? Said, Red Fox. Yeah, she said, you sure you want to do that? I'm like, yeah. She said, well, if you start something, you shouldn't quit it. I go, I'm not. If I do it, I'll do it for good. And um, now here I am, and now here I am, I sit back 46 years later, and still in the business, and still able to make, you know, a great living at it, and put a kid through college, and, uh, you know, and take care of myself. It's, it's fun as well. You know, but now I'm, I'm single still now. But, I'm, you know, I'm looking, but I'm not going to chase. No, and you won't <laughs> that, be for long. That won't long. happen anymore. You won't be for long. Not with that energy that you have. It's infectious, and you're just so, you're, you're just deep. You have a lot to give and a lot to offer to another person. So you'll meet someone at your own level. Sooner or later, it's going to work. Now, I wanted to yeah. know what you're currently working on. If you can tell the listeners what you're doing in Vegas, because I know you're back right, and forth from L.A. Right to now, Vegas. Yeah, right, right now we're at the Plaza Hotel. In downtown Las Vegas, it's the new plat, the new downtown. They really put a lot of money into downtown, and um, it's like the, the, you have the Strip or you have downtown. Downtown is considered old downtown because most of the regulars who live in Vegas, we all go downtown mm-hmm. and we all hang out. Or a lot of us live downtown. It's at the Plaza Hotel, and um, we're now um, it's Lovers of Lose the Game Show, but now people can play for uh, trying to win a million dollars. You're going to either a million dollars or fifty thousand dollars in cash or other big amazing prizes, and um, it's a great show. We uh, last show we had over two hundred some people. It was great. They had a fabulous time. You know, I, I'm liable to say whatever I, I feel like saying. You know, I just get up there and I have fun. I That's always show. incredible when you can show. do what you want. Yeah, yeah. It's not just a, sh- a game show. It's a fun show. A show that the artists can participate, have fun in. We laugh at we laugh, especially when people say crazy things. We laugh at that, you know. It's just a lot of fun. We I'm have glad. A, you know, I have, a, I have an amazing crew, an amazing cast, and amazing producers that make the show work. It sounds amazing, and I've actually heard heard it said that you've revitalized downtown Las Vegas. You're bringing so much money uh, yeah. and business into that town that they've been so grateful yeah. that you have. Yeah, I think that they, one thing they've said is that I've um, me, me and. Uh, my boss, Dan Mullis, uh, his business and the show that we all created, it uh, it brought a lot, it's bringing a lot more business to downtown now. People are starting to want to come to see it. And then once they see downtown and see how wonderful it is, then they go like, this is where to be because it's not that hot downtown either. Like it would be on the strip. And, oh. you know, not knocking the strip. The strip is great, you know. It's a wonderful place to go visit and see. But if you want a lot of fun, you want to have a really good time, you come to downtown Las Vegas. And you'll have a blast. Now, that sounds amazing. That's actually what I would prefer. I never have liked the strip and all of that. I haven't been in years. I had a friend who had signed a show, and I haven't gone back because it's just too hectic. But if downtown's the place to yeah, go, I'll take your word crowded. for it. I'm going to come. Yeah, it, uh, the strip is very crowded at all times. Just to get in and out is so much work. Exactly. So it's just like I just rather to stay downtown where you can you can walk somewhere, a five-minute walk, and, or, or turn around, you know, all these restaurants and bars is all right there. And then a little bit further down, you have more restaurants. And then you drive a little around the corner, not too far down your uh, supermarket. Everything is such great there. It's just much easier. That, that, we love it. 
Yeah, I've heard they're thrilled to have you, so they're very lucky to have you. Now, I want to dive right into some of the things I was reading in your book. I honestly was up till four, just going back and forth, page to page in my iPad, reading on iBooks, because this book is just has so much heart and so much invested in it of your life and your soul and your energy. And I want to talk to you a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, discussing the childhood abuse that you went through, from physical abuse to sexual abuse and the grooming process of predators because I think like my show is a lot about overcoming trauma which I've had to do myself as well and when people have overcome that some other people don't know how that happened and people don't understand the process of how a child ends up in these horrible powerless situations and how afraid they are to tell and it's often someone so close to the family and the, the grooming process that trust that's abused so if you can tell a little bit about your experience with that, I think it can really help some people who are, are, are seeing that and don't realize that's what they're seeing, and maybe they can recognize it or help their child. I know being believed is the number one thing that I stress to people. Yeah. If someone tells you something, believe yeah. them. But tell me about yeah, what happened with thing. you. Tell me a little bit more about okay. that. Okay. The number one thing is to be believed, but the number two thing is to always watch people who are trying to get too close to you who, like, may don't have kids and they're trying to link up and be, you know, closer to you. Because what they want to first do is groom the parents first. Grooming the parents and thinking they're the greatest person that they've ever met. They want to do that. That's the first thing they do. Mm-hmm. And then they work their way through the children. Start the grooming process of the child to get the child to convince the child that he's the greatest person. He's even better than their parents. And he's willing to do more things than their parents can do for him. Because their parents say, no, but he'll, he'll take he'll let them have that extra candy bar or whatever extra what he wants to do. So they groom them, they groom the children. And then when they start to actually make physical contact, they tell the children that they shouldn't tell their parents because by telling their parents, you know, um, their their parents are, you know, um, don't care about them as much as he does. This mm-hmm. is why he's doing this. And, and this is why, you know, you're having fun at it, aren't you? That's a continual thing of grooming this. To, to, Tell the kid or make the kid believe that what's happening is okay, and and it's okay with him and his parents. But what you what you what people don't understand is that these guys, these people, mm-hmm. I, I truly don't believe they can ever be changed. I don't. I don't believe, believe so uh, either. A, a child predator can ever be changed. I believe a lot of other people can, but not child predators. Mm-mm. That's something that's interlocked in their brain, and they just feel they have to do it. I mean, I mean, we look at cases like the Jerry case, the subway guy. I mean, yeah, I was just going to say. I was we just going to say that. You know, where this guy was taking him all over the country constantly because people trusted GM. You know, mm-hmm. just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you trust him with your children. You know, or just because you're a CEO doesn't mean you trust him with your children. Um, um, for me, like I said, he grew me in a way, made me believe that what was happening was okay. Mm-hmm. And. When I found out it wasn't okay is when I had an experience with Dana Plato. And that's when I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, that other part doesn't feel right. This feels normal. This feels like who I am. Now, it, it's not to say that some people are born, when you're born, you, people are born gay. I believe that that happens. Absolutely. And I believe, you know, and, and there's no way they can, they can convince me otherwise. Um you know, I've read up a lot about it, and this is something that happens. People are born in a certain direction. They're born in the wrong body. They may be shooting the other body because they feel more comfortable with the other body. These things are all real. Those but are now when it comes real, to, ch- when it comes to yeah. child molestation, yeah. the, the thing that is un- unreal is that 
they do believe what they're doing is right. They believe this. Yes, they and do. And that was what makes them more dangerous. I mean, they, they will do whatever it takes to get what they want from that child. And you live And what they that. don't realize is that you destroy that child. Mm-hmm. It takes years for that child to get over that trauma of what happened to him. Whether yes. he's believed or not, it's just, it's just so much destruction put upon a child's brain that can't handle that kind of stuff. It shouldn't be happening. No. But it, do, it does happen because we don't watch out more. We don't pay more closer attention. Like, you got to watch your kids. You can't let them just run around and go places. You can't let them just spend a night over somebody's house just because they go to school with them. You got to really know the parents and understand the parents, see what kind of parents they are, and see how their kid acts and reacts. Because you mm-hmm. can tell a child who's being molested sometimes by the way they're acting. They're either acting out or they're doing weird things. And when they, when they go around that particular adult, they don't like being around that adult. And they, or they, when they go around that particular uncle, they don't like being around that uncle. It's that kind of thing that you have to watch out for. Right, and, and, it's, and it's, it's so common. It's so extremely common. It's, and it's, 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 it's extremely more common now, I think, than it ever has been. I think yeah. thanks to the Internet, the Internet has made things so much more common mm-hmm. than it should be. It's and, really scary. But also, but also, I do believe there are people who who fake it too, who also just use it use it to hurt someone, and that's what makes that's the bad economy behind it is that there are so many real cases and so many cases that aren't real. So we have to decipher as a society what's real and what isn't real, mm-hmm. and what's right and what isn't right. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe that they should be allowed to have, to have press about anything until they know it's real. Right, until, Otherwise, until the full story comes out, because allegations yeah, can be a big deal. with these allegations, and this man may be innocent. The person may have done it just because the person was upset and didn't get what they want from that person. And in your you know, particular but I, case, I, I truly that, believe that, that no grown man, no grown man should, be t- should be touching a, uh, a young kid. Absolutely not. No grown not. man should ever. Absolutely not. And in yes. your case, you were so groomed also because you had a difficult, abusive relationship with your father. Yes. And that yeah, often my, happens. My, I work with adults, yeah, most of his children, and, 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 they, they, and that, they just hone in on kids that are vulnerable oh, yeah. and horrible that, the way that, that happens. That, that, that's what they look for. They mm-hmm. look for a child who's neglected in one way or one another by a parent or who's abused. They look for a, a kid who is looking for that father influence. Whether either whether it's a girl or a guy, that's what he's going to use against the kid to get what he wants. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so my father. But see, here's the thing about it all. When you look back and you get older and you mm-hmm. think about these things, and they really start to make a lot more sense. But then you start realizing the sadness in it of it all, because ultimately, the only true way to heal yourself from it is to forgive yourself and to forgive the person who victimized you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nothing I think that's do. such a powerful thing that you say there because, honestly, when I was reading about what happened to you and I treat adults molested as children in my, in my counseling practice, it isn't something they get over, they get through it. And a child's brain isn't fully formed. They can't grasp what's happening. No. They understand no. that they feel good and they understand that they're getting this attention, but they don't know how damaging and troubling it is. And I work with addiction and recovery, of course, too. And every case of addiction and recovery, um, most 
mostly of addiction, uh, it, it always stems in something from their childhood. And it's just yeah. unbelievable how people don't understand how intertwined physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, but especially that sexual abuse. It is almost always that someone experienced child rape, molestation, men, women alike, that they have been through this yeah. at the hands of a man or a woman. And it yeah. changes their life. Well, it well, alters well, yeah, their, their everything. Here's the thing. The case, the fact of the matter is that more of it happens from the, men, the man's side. So mm-hmm. my thing is, if you put more, women, put more women around the children, the less likely you're going to have things to happen. True, because, because but there's there also are, cases. There are women who do that, but it's a small percentage. Mm-hmm. Not a large definitely, percentage definitely a large, a large percentage of men who do it. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It is you know, more it, common. It's much more common. Yeah. And I like that you've mentioned some of the signs to look out for. That's really helpful because parents could be listening right now that, I mean, the showbiz industry, clearly there's a lot of it. I read choreography as well, and Corey's, Corey Feldman's account of the things he went through. It, it's often, often child actors are, well, well, you know, yeah, left to their yeah, own devices, but, and these adults. But, that comes, and, but see, that goes from the law that we just, we, we, we got passed, which is mm-hmm. now when they come into our business, you can't come in. You, get, you have to get fingerprinted and all that before you become a manager or an agent. Because they need to know who you really are. Now, that's what was happening was if people were coming into our town, into a business where kid, people, parents wanted their kids to be famous and they were going to do it at any cost. Right. Even if it was sending them with, with this guy across country to get him in an audition, not realizing this guy is going to molest his children, not realizing that. See, I would never send my child across country when he was young with anybody unless I went. And of he slept stayed in my room. Yeah. That, was, that was the most important thing. So if, if that didn't happen, that didn't happen, um, you know, I was, it wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to spend that over somebody's house that I didn't know unless I knew them very, very well. And right. I knew how they were, they were as parents. I knew how they were, you know, how they were as human beings. That's how I protected my child. And, you know, my daughter, I don't know because I couldn't protect her as much because her mother wouldn't let me, but... Hmm. My son was well protected. So he got through all that. And you know, I mean, it's it, it, it went to a fact in part part one time we were in a in a, a store, I won't say which own store, and mm-hmm. my son had to give the guy his number, so he was you know, giving the guy the number at the, at the place he had to fix them on his phone. So some guy says out loud, Oh, you shouldn't give your number out because people like me may call you. Huh. And, and everyone just froze. And I walked over to him and I said, I will give you, personally give you the number. I'll let you call. I said, but just remember this. When you call, you're going to have me to worry about because I won't stop until I find you. That's right. And, he, and uh, the store manager kicked him out. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing it's, it's the, the amount of these that. stories that I hear. And sometimes it's also, you know, it's in entertainment, but it's also just everywhere. And it's also well, that you it's, only it's know what someone shows world, you. In the business. And, and I, can't still, I can't say it's still in, in the entertainment business because I'm not hearing that a lot anymore. I but still what do. I'm hearing more of is what's happening in the world today. That's where it's happening more or less. I believe that and too. And the United States... You know, we have a lot of street laws, but sometimes the penalty for those guys is a lot less for the guys who do less stuff. That's what I don't understand. That should be a high penalty. And and if you're a woman, you shouldn't be let off just because you're a woman. No. You should pay the price, too. Absolutely. And that's what's not, that's what's not happening. A lot of these women are being let go or put on probation, 
You know, and they're like with a 15-year-old boy. Now, I don't care if it's a 15-year-old boy. That's no. still not, that boy is still not in that position to analyze what he really is doing. And what no, he, he can't consent. He's under the age of consent. And it's just so painful yeah. to see it everywhere. And people do tend to, pe- you know, people in position of trust that have been fingerprinted, this, that, the other, doesn't mean they're not going to do something because there have been plenty of teachers, plenty of uh, hospital workers, well, I mean, basically course, going where people but, are vulnerable. But, you know? Yeah, but see, in our, in our business, they were coming in from other countries, I mean, from other cities, and they were molesters that just moved to another city, and mm-hmm. they would change their names in our city, and then become managers oh. and molest children. But, I mean, but it's a lot of, I mean, I'm not going to name you all the, all the groups and that were children groups that happened to, like, I won't name you all that, but there's a lot of them. And yeah, that's, and, and, but, but there's more in the world than there is, or in the country than there is in our business. Our business is kind of slowing down at that rate now. I think mm-hmm. because people are so hyper aware of it and that we have an understanding of it, like I said, that we, if that does happen in our business, you will be outcast so fast. It's ridiculous. You'll be gone. You know, they, they won't, won't want you to be around anymore. Exactly. But, um, you know, in, in, our, in our common society, it happens a lot in the poor neighborhoods because maybe the, the parents don't have somebody to watch the kid and they got to go mm-hmm. to work and they have the neighbor watch the kid, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe that neighbor, you know, he's just waiting or he's one of those people who's going to wait to do what he has to do, you know, and he may groom them for a year, you know, before he does anything. But it's simple fact of it is, we have to figure out ways to, to find these people and weed these people out of our society because it is destroying our society and mm-hmm. destroying our children. It's ultimately so destructive to their mind, their heart, their soul, yes. everything. And with that, I want to lead into a little bit of conversation about becoming involved with drugs because really it's a fight demon. You suffered so much abuse and yeah, always self medication. Yeah, but see, our, one thing that back when I grew up, our parents didn't really explain to us why I stay away from drugs. They just mm. said, don't do drugs. Why not? Because we said so. That's not a good enough explanation. No, that's not. I don't believe. No. I believe you explain to them why not to be on drugs. You show them why not to be on drugs. You show them situations where people are on drugs and go, if you do drugs, your life's going to end up just like that. People were like, you end up like that person is over there who can't get his life back together because he's stuck on drugs. Yeah, I don't and, think you know, they know how I ultimately was, destructive. I was blessed to be able to stop at 26. That's a blessing. I got out of there at a very early age. That's a blessing. I got friends who are still involved in it, and they're in their 50s right now. And I'm like, man, you should have been away from that. You know? Yeah. That's, I, always, I always say, that's the 80s, man. We don't do that no more. We all live decent lives now. You know, we, you know we're parents and adults. You know, we're, we're influences on people now. We have to show them how, how to do it and how and, to make it through yeah. it. But, but Not like everybody comes through. through. Not everybody comes through. And I know you went through hell to get through. No, they through. don't. I, I know that you did. And I'd love to talk a little bit about some of that because even the title of your book, from you know, Killing Willis and the, from Different Strokes to the Mean Streets and now to the life you've always wanted. Let's talk a little bit about those mean streets because you went through things, drugs, firearms, all sorts of things that you could have been killed well, at any time. Yeah, you've really yeah, been blessed. But you have to. You have to understand those things go hand in hand. Anytime you're involved with drugs, there'll be violence, there'll be guns, there'll be everything. Mm-hmm. They go very hand, hand yes, in hand. Do. And when, when you have lost yourself, because at the same time, too, I have, um, got ripped off, my money got ripped off of my accountants, and 
the bank is federally protected, so I only got back a small amount, not what they really mm-hmm. took, just a small amount. Then the lawyers told us not to put them in jail or we wouldn't get our money back, and then we find out later on that they're all working together. That's mm-hmm. how it works. When they, come to rock, when they come to beat you, they come to beat you with a lot of people. They don't come one person. They come five or six. And they're all going to get a piece of what they get from you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And uh, so, you know, so when that, at that point when that happened, I still, hadn't, I still hadn't had mine. And then, not, not to mention all the police violence that I went through. That's the my next question. police harassed me from 12 years old up. So I went through drug. I went through, before that, I went through abuse of my father, child molestation, abuse from the police. So there's nowhere for me to really turn, is there? No. And it was very difficult good, for you with the abuse of my, the cops. I wanted to talk more about the police, that treatment of you when you were 12, being handcuffed. Yeah. Tell that story a little bit. I want people to know about that that well, haven't well, read that. Well, it was awful. It was awful. When I was 12 years old, I'd be right, I didn't have it for years. It was, you know, it was like at least two or three years. I remember riding my bike with a group, a group of friends that were white kids, and we're all riding around our bikes in the neighborhood, and the police would come and stop us and take my bike and told me I stole it. That you just stole me. your own bike? Just my bike, because I was the only minority kid there. And Unbelievable. And they told me one time that um, I ran over some kid on my bike, and I was at work the whole day. And they, they took my bike and said, we're going to have to put you in there, put me in handcuffs to the station. And my mom comes down and goes, what do you got? What do you mean you ran someone over the bike? And they go, what happened today at like 1 o'clock? He's like, well, he, tell me, he was at work. Call his job and find out where he was. And they called and found out, and they had to release me. So it was just the fact that they were just trying to do anything they can to get things on, things on me. So that disturbs the child's mind. Now your mind starts to get destroyed yeah. and corrupted. You don't believe in yourself. You don't trust yourself. You don't believe in the country you live in. You don't believe in the police department. You don't, you're afraid of your father. So now you're living your life in fear. Mm-hmm. When you live your life in fear, the only thing that ends up, ends up happening is somehow you, you'll, someone, drugs will find you somehow. And once you're using drugs, you got the courage again just to live your life and to try to forget. You're trying to push it down, but that is not the way to handle it. You do not push it down. You deal with it. You talk about it. You go to programs for it, you know, and that's one of the things I should have done when I was 18, but I didn't listen to my mom. I tried to do it my way and, you know, just forget about it, but my way turned into a disaster. Exactly. And when you're not ready, you're not ready. It's kind of like when that, when that opportunity comes, not everybody takes that opportunity. When that hand's reached out to you, not everybody takes it at first. And reading about be, being arrested for stealing your own bike, which you did not, and then stopped for yeah, stealing your yeah. own Porsche, which was your Porsche with even your name on the license plate. Oh, yeah. It sounds yeah, like the yeah, police really had a vendetta. They had it out for you. They really had a vendetta. My battery on my Porsche went dead. And me and my brother and a white friend helped push it to get it started. I drove back in my park, in my parking, um, my house, or in front of my house, in my driveway. I'm sitting and was running, and they went back in the house. I'm sitting and was running. And I look behind me, and I see a bunch of police with guns out. I'm like, what the heck's going on? I go, what? I go, what's going on? They go, step out of the car. I'm like, step out of my car. I go, okay. I said, would you like to give me registration and driver's license? I couldn't have done anything wrong. I'd just been sitting here the whole time. They go, it's a, they go, it's a stolen car. I go, how is it a stolen car? I said, on my life plate, it's not B1. Can I show you my registration driver's license? We don't want to say anything. They handcuffed me immediately, threw me in the car. My brother comes out. He says, what are you guys doing? They handcuffed him and threw him in the car. The white kid comes out and says, well, if you're going to arrest him, you're going to arrest me because if you're saying it's a stolen car, I don't push the car. They go, you just step back. I made him step back. And I told him to go get my mom. 
Unbelievable. And we're going to come back and talk about this a little bit more. We're going to go to break. But honestly, Todd, it sounded like there was a vendetta. And then you have some great experiences with some police as well that you credit with saving your life. Yeah. So we'll get into that. Yep. We have to take a quick break. But we're going to come right back with Todd Bridges and talk about his book, Killing Willis, and his career and all of his accomplishments ever since. Uh, we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Larry Sternberg, former president of Talent Plus, explores one of his favorite topics, mentoring. Studying the talents of others allowed him to see that mentoring relationships are some of the most motivating, empowering, and inspiring relationships we can ever experience. Join Larry Sternberg for dynamic conversation with intriguing politicians, business leaders, artists, authors, sports figures, and academicians across the globe. The series airs on Voice America, the Empowerment Channel, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mentoring every Thursday morning with Larry Sternberg. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. If you'd like to connect with Danielle, feel free to send an email to therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. That's therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, uh, we're back and you're back listening to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. And my guest today is the amazing and inspiring Todd Bridges, the actor from Different Strokes, most notably, but who is also in Roots and numerous, numerous other prolific series like, gosh, Little House on the Prairie, Fish with Abe Vigoda, everything. He's been in everything and he's still working today. Todd, we were talking about, um, about molestation when you were very young and about drug addiction and about being targeted by the police at one point to the point where it was like they had a vendetta against you. to had a hard time with this yeah. black kid making more yeah, money than they yeah. do. Yeah, I was, I was talking about the part where they tried to arrest me for my own car. So what happened was when the white kid came out, he said, well, if, if, if you're being arrested, then you're going to have to arrest me too because I was helping push the car. They told him to step back. And I yelled at him to go get my mom. My mom lived six blocks away. He drove and got my mom, brought my mom back. But by then, the whole neighborhood was outside yelling at the cops, like, what are you doing? That's his car. Leave him alone. What are you doing? They were yelling at that, you know, because, you know, they said it was a stolen car. And they were like, no, you could have oh, call on that car being stolen as me. And I didn't call on <laughs> myself to be stolen. Come on, that's ridiculous. And the so, plate so my mom came on it. That's what blew my mind. It said Todd B. on the plate. Yeah, yeah, it says Todd B. one on the plate. Uh-huh. And if they looked at my registration, it would say Todd Bridges looked at my license, it would say Todd Bridges. And so it would have been my car. There's no, no doubt like, that it was like my clearly, car. Clearly, clearly. So, clearly, but they didn't clearly care no. at that point. So, no. you know, and, and the thing I say about police officers, what they're suffering through 
right now is the same thing that we went through. Like, if a black guy robbed somebody, they said all black people rob people. Black person shot somebody, they thought all black people shot somebody. Right now, police officers are dealing with the same thing. They got some some, some corrupt cops in, in some of their lines of duty that are corrupt, and they are allowing them to continue to go on. These guys, the good guys, have got to get rid of these guys. They have to. If they yeah. don't get rid of these guys, the trust for them is never going to come back. For us to trust them and believe in them, they got to get rid of the bad cops that are, that are, that are there. Right. Like they can't us, just be you know, punished briefly and transferred no. around. It needs to end. That needs to end. Yeah, it, it, it has to end. And, and well, what the media does not show is that it's happening to just more than one race. That's it's happening all around. Yeah. Yeah, they're only showing us. And it's happening to every, every race. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, they're just some corrupt police officers that need to be dealt with, you know, and off the force and fired or put in jail if possible, you know, and, and the good police officers have to step up and do their job as good citizens and good police officers and get rid of the bad police officers. So, therefore, all police officers are not bad, you know. It's only a few of them. Just like, you know, all black people aren't bad, but it's, it's just a few of them. Right, All a, few bad bad. Apples. a few bad apples. A few bad apples. Not everybody is bad, yeah. No, and tell us about, um, I know you credit the police with some, some great things in your life, too. You were also honored by the police at one point. So it hasn't yeah. all been bad for you mm-hmm. with them, and it's changed. So tell me about the Burbank Police Department and what they did that's changed your life and that moment of clarity you had. Um, well, um, what changed my life with the, um, with... Okay, wait, go back and answer that question again. I'm sorry. Just let me answer. Oh, I was just saying that, you know, you've been honored by them. I know you were given a plaque by them and honored oh, yeah. by them. Okay, yeah, I was given one by the Burbank Police Department and all that. And, um, you know, I started working a lot more with police departments and trying to go in and speak to kids in juvenile detention or people that are in jail. I'm trying to learn how to deal with all that. And, and I mean, I do a lot of that mm-hmm. because, like I said, I know that they're all not bad. There's a lot of good ones out there who just are going through difficult situations because they're being blamed for everything. And it's, it's just a few of them that are, that are bad, you know, and I, I get on, I got honored by them and, and now I treat them with respect and they treat me with respect. So, you know, life is pretty good now, you know, and um, it's just understanding them and knowing them. Let's talk about that moment that you had where your self-image was already so affected because of the trauma, because of the pain, because of self-hatred, because not feeling good enough, feeling like, as you wrote in your book, just having black skin was negative at the time, and you didn't realize who you were. You were really finding yourself, but going through a painful process of healing from, from trauma put on you by adults and also healing from, you know, dealing with drug addiction and healing from drug addiction, going to rehab. And what was that story about the police pulling you over and you kind of heard a voice? Tell that story about, you know, you're reaching for a gun and you're realizing what? you don't want to go yeah, out. Well, way. It, was the, it was the last time I think that I was got in trouble that I just had enough of everything. I couldn't deal with the pain and the pressures of all the stuff that, were, that was going through my head and, you know, reliving the molestation, reliving the abuse of my father, reliving the police abuse. And when they pulled me over, the first thought was just to go for the gun to end it all and just let them take me out. Like you know, suicide um, by cop, that kind of then, thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very common, actually. People do that a lot. Yeah, they do. And I just, I decided not to do that and just let them go ahead. And, you know, um, that was the last time, you know, that um, I, I think I got in trouble, and I think it was the last time that I used drugs. Um, I was ready to stop and quit everything, and 
when I went to treatment, this time I went to treatment for a different reason. I went there for myself, not for anybody else. Mm. And I soaked in all the stuff with the, the counselors. I soaked in all the stuff with my psychiatrist. I told them everything that I was going through that happened to me. I was afraid to talk about it. And that's where the biggest secret is for people who have been victimized like that or who are afraid to talk about it. If you mm-hmm. let it out and you talk about it and you put it in an atmosphere, it will magically somehow make you feel better and you will stop suffering from that pain. Mm-hmm. And when I went on Oprah and I, you know, tell what happened, explain what happened, I think I was one of the first celebrities to actually do that. Yes, you so were. I go on a TV show and actually say what really happened and explain it. And when I did that, um, it's interesting because Sugar Ray Lennon said I saved his life. He's, he was able to go out and finally open up and talk about what happened to him. The same thing, you know, and, you know, who knows mm-hmm. how many lives it saved. And, and that was my whole intention of it was to go out, be honest, and speak the truth. And hopefully that it will help somebody else to get to be heal themselves and get better and get to the position to where I was at. You know, and um, I think Oprah had that same interest at the same time. And that's why I was on her show for that reason. Yes, she did. To she really did. Let, let men know. That it's not shameful. Let girls know that it's not shameful. If someone did something to you inappropriately, it's not your fault, and it's not shameful. It's something that happened that shouldn't happen, but it did happen. So your only way to get past it is to forgive yourself and also to forgive the person that harmed you. And once you learn to forgive that, then people, and that they know, they know not what they do, you know, and they're mm-hmm. just those kind of people, and you get healed. You start healing yourself. You start realizing you don't need things to oppress or to suppress the, the, the emotional side of you anymore. You need none of that anymore. All you need is a, you find a job. You learn to live your life the right way again. You learn to understand people. You learn to trust a little more. And then pretty soon your trust opens up wider and wider. And then pretty soon you start getting back, you know, the life that you were leading. You know, and all of a sudden, you, you, like with me, I got my career back again. Mm-hmm. Things are happening because I was living in a positive manner. My spirits were in a positive manner. And then all of a sudden, positive things are happening for me. When you live in a negative atmosphere, negative things will only happen. You've right. got to you get yourself to a positive that. way of thinking yeah. and a positive way of living. And it's possible to survive it. I think that's why Oprah had you on the show. She had been through that. You had been through that. And she had Tyler Perry on famously who talked about child molestation and what he endured at the hands of a woman. And the whole audience stood up. They came after me. (laughs) Did they really? Yeah, oh yeah, I was the first one. They all came oh, after. Oh no, I know. I thought came you after. came after. You came after. Yeah, I know. You were before that one, and then she continued mm-hmm. on that path because she realized that show with you was so powerful. And then when Tyler yeah. came on, she had a whole audience of men who'd been molested, and they stood up and held photographs, photographs of themselves as young men to kind of pay homage and, and to honor that child inside themselves that was damaged and destroyed by what happened to it. Now they're owning it, and I get a lot of clients like that myself. I had a huge Hollywood agent call me or write to me at first saying he'd never told his wife, he'd never told anyone, and I get to be the keeper of secrets and I get to be the vault, but it's just such a privilege to have people share that with you, and every time they do, their life improves, and it was the same with my rape. It's, I talk about it because there's so much power in talking about these things and letting people know it's not your fault, so why would you have shame about it? There's no stigma. There shouldn't be a stigma, and if there is, we need to lift that stigma, and the more we talk about it on shows like this, on shows like Oprah, on anything 
where the world is listening, it, it invites other people to open up and be free about their experiences. And that's when you heal. That's when the healing begins. Now, I know you do some counseling, and I'll have a funny story for you later about your counseling actually influenced my counseling career. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into counseling in prisons and counseling. Like, what got you started doing counseling? Were you in um, rehab well, inspired, or how did that working. happen? I started working at a rehab place, and when I worked at a rehab place, I was learning how to um, deal with people that were on drugs, and like myself, who used to be on it. Then I started really understanding why they were on drugs, and then the more you talk to people, the more you understand it, and working in that field, the more you realize how powerful this addiction is. It's, it's so powerful. It's like, mm-hmm. there's so many things that can change it, and so many things that can't, and it's like, so people who relapse, I never got upset at. It's just something that happened. Relapse is something that was a major part of your recovery. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. And, mm-hmm. and some people do, can make it without happening, but a lot of people can't because they think they can go back on their own. They don't need help. They don't need the program. They don't, they can do it on their own. Anytime you think you do something on your own, then you're going to have problems. Exactly. You can't do anything on your own. You all, it always takes a team to help you do anything. Don't ever try to do things on your own. And that's in, in life itself. If you have a business, you know, and you have a business working with you, and you have other great minds around you, your business is probably very successful. If you think you're only, your, only your views are the right views, you may not be as successful, you know, because we don't all know everything. We just don't. No. You know? And you have to learn how to work with others, be with others, structures around others, and then what structures around the other people, the right people, not negative people. And that's where I say where the negativity comes in. You, there's always someone who's going to be around who's trying to be negative, and you've got to get rid of that person. You have to get rid of negative people out of your life. Or right, you they're toxic. They're toxic. They will bring you down. They're very toxic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll, 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 do, they'll bring you down. They'll tell you things they shouldn't. You, know, you don't need to be hearing at that moment. Because their life is still negative, so they're trying to make yours as negative as well. And exactly, that, and, they're not, and, and they're not happy to see anyone else doing well when they're stuck in that. No. And it's, it's really, no. that's one of the strongest lessons is to be careful of the company you keep. Because if you're hanging around with people that use, it's really hard to stay clean. And if you're hanging around with people that are just negative and have that whole toxic energy, it will always bring you low. And people do relapse. I love that you said that because I always tell them it doesn't have to be the end. You can look at it as, as a if you fall, make it part of the dance. It's, part, it's the cha-cha. You can always go one step forward, one step back. Preferably not a lot, but it's very normal. In the first years of recovery, many people relapse a few times, but you just don't want to give up. This is your life you're fighting for, and that it can get better, and it does if, get if, better. If you, if, you, if you give up, you're, if you give up you're, you're, you're giving up on yourself. And that's yes. what people have to know. You, so you don't want to give up on yourself, so... You just don't give up. You keep doing what you're supposed to do, and life will change. Now, you know? what, is that, what is it like counseling in prisons? I've never had that experience, and I know you had. I mean, it's amazing. You were defended by Johnny Cochran. It's such a, it's such a thing that most people cannot say, the late, great Johnny Cochran. That's unbelievable, and this is before the O.J. stories. So, you know, it's just yeah. your well, life has well, been unbelievable. Well, hmm? well, helping in prisons, you're helping people understand that. They don't need to be there. They can change their life if they decide to change it, or they can stay right where they are. Life is about change. And if you can't change who you are, by, by what I mean by that is if you can't change yourself by becoming a better person, mm-hmm. learning how to be a better person, you know. And so 
when you're, when you're in the field of recovery, they're going to have a negative outlook for sure. That's mm-hmm. going to be their first thing. Then you have to help them get around the fact that they can stay sober if they want to, but if they don't really want to be sober, then don't waste your time there. Exactly, you, because you, there are you know people I mean? who want if to get well. Want, if, you, if you don't want to be sober, don't waste your time. Right. Go ahead and go. You know, you don't, you don't have to be sober. Yeah, and, and nothing changes if nothing changes. You know, it's, it, literally nothing changes if nothing changes. You have to change the people around you. You have to change the structure of your life. You have to go to meetings if you're doing 12-step. There's also smart recovery. There's also one-on-one counseling. I do aftercare counseling when people are discharged from facilities, and I do it privately. But it's just, it's just so many things that people can reach for. What would you say is, was the number one factor, other than just having such a resilient spirit, to someone listening who's going through addiction and wants to reach for help, I always say your closest helping hand is your own. Pick up the phone, call a rehab center, Google um, addiction and recovery counselors and specialists. I'm in psychology today. You can always find me in there. Um, my website's DanielleDelaneyCounseling.com. How, what would you say for people to do and how to reach out? And how can someone reach out to you? Like, Do you have a website that you could give out to? Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a website. I'm on Twitter. And then pretty soon my, um, my iPod website will go up and they can call them with questions that they have for that. That's going on very shortly. And it, it's just that, I mean, I, I don't, it's really hard to explain. But most of all, like I said, the best thing that you can do with your life mm-hmm. when you've gone through all that, to become the person you want to be, is to start loving yourself. And the more you like, like, you can be alone. Like, I can be alone and be just as happy as I'm alone as I am with the, with the people. Exactly. Well, I can be alone because I, I, I like being alone by myself. I get to think about things and think what I want to do. And I don't procrastinate. I do things I'm going to do, you know. And I think people have a chance, you know, they procrastinate a lot. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But they don't really do it. They don't right. take the necessary steps to do it. You know, me, I don't procrastinate. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it 100% to make sure I can do well at it, you know, and become something out of it. Because, you know, you only have one body and one life. And I think the more you can share with people and to help people, the better your life's going to be. Giving, giving, giving away what you have to people and making them understand that there's happiness no matter mm-hmm. what position you're in, mm-hmm. you know, that's a huge thing to be able to do. Yeah, now, I, really can't back, do that. I think it makes the goodness. They, they think you need, you need money to be happy. No, it makes the goodness. No, it's not money. It's no. the goodness that you give. It, it no. multiplies. It will multiply. Mm-hmm. I really believe in that. I think you've been a fine example of that. Now, I wanted to talk about your faith and what made you choose life. And before we do that, though, I have someone who is so interested in the story. Actually, my mom is so interested in hearing the story of the woman, the paraplegic woman rolling into a lake, and you saved her. What, was, what happened there? That was an amazing story. Um, it was great because it put you yeah, in public a, eye in, in a positive light. What fish, happened? Fishing with my son, I was fishing with my son. My ex-wife, my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, and my um, brother and his kids and all that. And I was standing there, and this lady was fishing next to me in the wheelchair. But the light was shining down, but I guess she couldn't see that it wasn't off. She thought it was off, so she went to throw a, throw a reel in, and it caught onto the hook to, to the, 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 the push the switch, and it just took her right to the leg. She went right to the bottom because she was, she was a paraplegic. So me and my oh. brother jumped, both jumped in the water. And we had to undo it. We couldn't pull that wheelchair. It was just too heavy. We got her out, and we got the water out of her, and she started breathing again. And, you know, that's how we saved her life. But it was so sad that because 
time, no matter what I did, they still talked bad about me. And, and there were news stations that said, actor Todd Bridges saved the life of a woman today, but he wasn't such a hero in 19... You know, and I'm like, oh, my Oh, gosh, so then really? this film went backwards? <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, oh, yeah. You hadn't been yeah, to that well, woman to be dead. did that. And I was like... And then, I, then I lost faith in the media. You know, and I was like, I'm wow, sure. this is really bad. And, you know, I, I was just doing something to help somebody, and thanks a lot. But now they want to embarrass me and try to ruin me again already. Unbelievable. It's but like they won't let you live it down. Strength. They won't let you live it down. No. And it's amazing because what, you really, you're the yeah. sole survivor from different strokes. You're the guy yeah. who didn't die of a disease or drug addiction, which is also a disease, or anything else. Yeah. You've lost all of them. And you're the sole survivor. You're such an example of resilience. And you're still working constantly. You're creating and constantly working yeah. and working with your kids and working. You have the Todd Bridges Youth Foundation too, correct? Yeah, yeah. Some Tell me a little bit about that. Children too. Well, we just do things with children. Right now, we're in limbo right now, though, because we're trying to raise more money to help children do more things. I think kids need to experience a lot more things than they're experiencing. It's like it's like they have uh, in school. That, you know, I I don't think they teach what they teach in school. I think we could teach more. Mm-hmm. You know, about about people's history. You know, different people that really had a lot to do with history. You know, like. I think every color American had a lot to do with the history of America. Oh, yeah. And a lot to do with building the country, making the country strong, making it what it is. You know, I believe I'm an American. I believe that I am an American. I may have a lot of mixture in me, but ultimately I am an American. And I'm happy to be an American. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've traveled the world. I've been all over the place. I've been some beautiful countries, but... I'm happy to be an American. American-born privilege is a huge thing that we have, American-born privilege. It really is. And people use that to its fullest advantage, absolutely. Yeah, but unfortunately, some people try to ruin it for us. They continually try. You know, but we have to just not let those people do that to us. No, you have to continually fight. We have to control that situation continually fighting. Now, do you, can you give out your website? Because what I'd like to do also, the Todd Bridges Youth Foundation sounds great, and if it's plateaued or has it on hold at all, we could always well, my, do well, a... My, web, my website for everything is going up in the next week. That's okay, we, great. We've got everything together now. And, uh, but right now, the website, I think my, the, what should be up is my podcast website. That's going up, I think, in a week. And or or I think website? you can hear it on Facebook. I think on Vegas Todd Facebook, I think you can hear some of it on there. Uh, it's Vegas Todd Facebook. Oh, so it's Vegas Todd? And I, I, Vegas I do Todd? with, Aunt, with Aunt Angelique uh, Gorge and a guy named Bob um, Cola. That's what I do it with. And we talk about everything, every subject, every subject matter, things that are going on in the world. You know, it's just like, like I really believe that this whole political race this year has done a lot for America because it's showing now what part of America needs to be changed. Exactly. You, There's you a know, lot you of know work I mean? to I think done. it's starting to show what's really real now, and people are starting to believe us now. You know, 400 years is enough. You know, let go. Let it allow us to be Americans, to be who we are. I think you're right. And and like I said, I don't blame any one person. You know, I think it has to do with all of us, including ourselves as minorities, you know. We need to start owning businesses together. We need to start supporting each other. You know, and it's just like I I won't go on any show I don't, I don't care what someone has done wrong. I'm not going to put them down for what they've done. I'm not no. going to do that. No, that's you've already been that's, through that's, it, that's, which is wonderful negative, that you know negative. how not to do that, yeah. how not to go there. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, what we can do also, we can put a link to your website and to your, tw- and to your Twitter and to your foundation and everything else that you're doing in your podcast. I'd be happy to put that 
as well on the Real Deal with Danielle Delaney host page. And also, you could, people can email me at therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com and also reach me at daniellelaneycounseling.com and I can link you to um, all of Todd's causes and the things he's working toward because it's all positivity and that's what I admire about you so much. And my brother-in-law was telling me, make sure you tell him every time I've heard him speak, he's been so inspiring. And my brother-in-law, Ernest, is a teacher for 33, 34 years. He just retired. And he finds the way you speak, and as do I, always so powerful, so empowering, so positive. And from someone who's come through so much, you wouldn't usually expect it, but you're exactly what people do need to expect it from. And you're the person who can speak from experience and knowledge, and you're living proof. You're absolute living proof and empowering proof of, you know, triumph over adversity. And also the proof that money cannot buy self-esteem, self-respect. It cannot get rid of those things. Nope. You know, and and, uh, it it doesn't solve anything. What solves anything is you and yourself becoming better than who you are. You achieving betterment. You achieving to become a good person. You achieving to do things for people will help you in your growth of a human being, of really, truly being what America was founded on. You know, that's what I mean. It's really, truly being what America was founded on. Good nature, good friendship, learning how to be good to people, learning how to talk to people, learning how to people respect them. People disrespect you and just walk away and let them be who they are, you know? Right. You know, it's like basically turning the other cheek, but now I'm not saying someone hits you to turn the other cheek, but... If someone's just talking, turn your cheek and walk away. You don't need to listen to it. But make sure you watch, you watch them while you're walking away so they don't try to cheap shot you. Definitely do that. <laughs> but, you no, know, we can't have that. I've I, I just learned that it's a lot easier to be happy and be fiction in the world you live in than it is to be depressed and bummed. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. I mean, look at you. You've been through so much, and, and you have such a strong faith. You've had an amazing mother. It sounds like she's always been behind you and your greatest champion. And you've got kids, and you've got two children, and you've got a career that's still thriving and that you continue to give back. You wouldn't have to do that, nor would I have to do that. But I find it, it's a calling, and it's something that when you do it, it is so powerful and so empowering. And to help others, what, what greater reward is there in life? I mean, you can string Bentley's down your driveway and they don't bring you the peace and love in your heart and that faith and forgiveness and, and helping That's other right. people does. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it's priceless. There's no price on it. I, I That's, love what you do. No, there's no price on that. No price on it. Um, yeah, there's no price on that. People have to learn that when you're dealing with all that. It's the understanding and knowing that, like, like, like for instance, we have to learn to be a lot more tolerant towards like trans- transgender people, gay people, we have to be a lot more tolerant towards them because they're going through, they can't help being who they are. And we no. think they can, but they can't. This is something they're born with. And by not being accepted to that, it's like, I, I can't help being born black. I was born black. That's exactly. how it is. It's, you know, you know, no it's, you have, we have it's to no accept different. everybody for who they are, you know. And, and I like that. I like acceptance. People, you know, when you accept people, then you become a better person inside of yourself. Exactly, and no one wants to be tolerated. We don't want to be tolerated because we're black, and they don't want to be tolerated because they're transgender or gay. They want to be accepted, and it should be exactly the same as anyone else. I love that you said that. Yes. I do a lot of of, um, of LGBT work. The only one that can judge us is God. Exactly. Exactly. That's the only one. And there's no reason. you 
on how you treat people. He will judge you on how you treat people. Right, and there's no reason for things to be so divisive in life. And I love that you, what nope. you wrote and what you've said, you really do draw people together. So, Todd, before we end, I want to get really clearly from you, what is your um, website or a way to reach you if people want to reach out, or would you prefer they reached you through my show, or what's the best like, uh, email address? Right, right, right now, they can reach me through my Twitter. Um, okay, what's that handle? handle? What's your Twitter uh, handle? It's, it's Todd Richards on Twitter, and it's along with the blue dot. When you see the blue dot, that's really us. <laughs> so it's the Todd Bridges with the blue that's Twitter a, check. Okay, so well, at Todd well, yeah, Bridges. Well, yeah, everyone that blue dot, that's the real person. That Fantastic. is me. And I have a Facebook, but I can't add anybody because they got too many people. And soon I will have a full website that will be up. And it'll be my Todd Bridges website where there will be photos and all kinds of stuff in there. That's going up in the next couple of months. Everything, everything's happening all at once so fast that i got to take it slowly and move things around. I get things going so that I don't get overpressured or overworked or feel so stressed. I'm not going to feel that way. Well, I, have a, I have a son in college. A daughter, was hoping, I'm hoping to go to college, you know, and my son is every shining example of a human being of who I want him to be. He is the nicest kid in the world. He's a straight-A student. He goes to a high honor school, and he's just a great kid. And I wish I was like him. Well, you, you know, are like you know, him, but, and but you're it, ha- it happens from parents raising him that way. Yeah, you made sure he—you made sure he's not lacking what you were lacking, and it's just—it's yeah. a beautiful thing how much you've paid forward to everyone, and how much you've paid forward today. And I just want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for speaking to all of our listeners like this. And I honestly am just so honored and proud of you, and impressed. And I think honestly, it's limitless where you're going to continue to go because when you give back like this, the the universe tends to give back to you and I wish you all yeah. the best and I just want to say thank you for being here with me today thank you Todd no problem remember God love and forgiveness is the key to happiness and success oh, thank you so much for saying that and on that note we'll sign off I'm here every Tuesday at 2pm Pacific time and you can reach me at the real deal with Danielle at gmail.com DanielleDelaneyCounseling.com I'll be putting up some links to Todd's sites he can be reached at Todd Bridges on Twitter and uh, continue the conversations with your loved ones look out for your kids and make sure that you do well and stay well and until next week take care thanks for joining us this week be sure to catch The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney live every Tuesday afternoon at 5pm Eastern Time 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel We can't wait for you to see what's in store next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.